Hello fellow adventurers and welcome to the Nerd Lab, where we transform our gaming passion into incredible game designs and learn how to nerd like a boss. My name is Marvin and I am an ambitious game designer on my quest to develop a cooperative fantasy card game. For this podcast, my vision is to take you with me on this exciting journey. Together we will explore the secrets of different game mechanics and reach the next level as a game designer. In episode 6 of the Nerd Lab, I will talk about health systems in board games. This is the first part of a two-part series on health systems and my goal for the first episode is to analyze the different aspects of health systems and to provide you with a bunch of questions you could ask yourself in order to find the appropriate health system for your game. And next week we will then analyze how how to track hit points, wounds or health-related conditions, especially in card games. Attention please for the announcements. Now that I have produced some episodes, I have used the last few days to reflect a bit about the podcast. The first thing I can say is that I really, really enjoy creating the podcast and everything that goes with it. This also includes topics um, I wasn't quite sure in the beginning if I would enjoy them or not. Something like research, uh, recording or editing the podcast and also marketing. Um, that's a good sign and that indicates that the podcast is actually something um, that is going to stay and that I'm going to do in the long run. But what I really enjoy the most is interacting with you the listeners, and creating content that is helpful uh, for, for you out there. However, creating the podcast really also takes a lot of time, and this is time I would otherwise spend to create my own game. And as you may have noticed, I didn't talk much about my own game in the last few episodes, uh, and that is something I want to change in the future. One of the reasons for me to start this podcast was to, to create some kind of audience um, that could also serve me as an accountability partner. And therefore, I will introduce a new section in this podcast in which I will always um, report shortly what I did last week for my game and what I have planned for the next week. And maybe also the main topic will, will be a bit closer to my game in the future. The second change to the structure of the podcast that I would like to make is um, that I want to use the podcast as a platform to promote interesting projects from the game development community. There are so many great projects out there and sometimes it can be hard for the uh, creators to, to get the attention of the target audience. Um, and that's why at the end of each postcard episode I will be referring to one or two new games, Kickstarter campaigns, blogs, podcasts or other communities. Um, this is my little contribution to help you get your projects in front of the right people and I think it is a win-win situation anyhow because the creators increase their reach and get some free advertising and you the listeners learn about interesting projects you otherwise might have overlooked. Time to update our quest log. In this section of the podcast, I tell you a little bit about my progress that I made with my game during the last week. 
And um, in the last week, um, I spent most of the time to create an, a universal tracking tool for my game. So this is pretty much um, the implementation of what I talked about in the podcast episode four and five. My goal was to find a system that would allow to visually display quest progress with cards. And I needed it to be able to track different goals. Um, and it should allow me to create diverse objectives for my quests. Uh, and it should help me to reveal the story step by step. In the end, I decided on a modular system of cards and tokens. Um, the game includes cards from 0 to 10, from which players can create different length of track for each quest. The numbers on the cards do not represent a static unit of measurement. The track can rather be used for very different units of measurement. For example, to measure time, to measure distance or to manage uh, numbers of objects, for example. In addition, there are tokens that can be used to display different parties on the track. For example, the party, specific players, enemies or um, a narrator, for example. And as an additional tool, you can add trigger or event cards to specific points on the track by placing them uh, under the corresponding track number. This allows you to introduce new stories, new events, new rules or add additional opponents or, and obstacles depending on the progress of, um, of the heroes during the quest. I really like how the system sounds on paper, especially its diverse nature, but I have only placed it, tested it once and um, yeah, I will have to see if it needs some adjustments here and there. And this is exactly what I want to do during the next two weeks. I want to uh, create a new paper prototype for, of my current uh, development state and test all the um, elements and uh, see where, where I need to make some adjustments. Maybe I can even convince some of my friends to, to playtest a little bit with me during the holiday season. And now, the side quest. In the very first episode of this podcast, I promised you to be honest and share my wins, but also my losses and mistakes. And I fear that this week it's time for, for a mistake. You have probably heard about this great tool called Tabletop Simulator. You can design your game digitally and play it online. Sounds great, doesn't it? Well, at least this is what I thought and this is why I spent the last couple of weeks uh, creating a prototype of my game in Tabletop Simulator. And um, my goal was to speed up my process of creating new prototypes And I wanted to test my game with people further away. At least the first goal, unfortunately, didn't turn out to be true. Don't get me wrong, I still think Tabletop Simulator is a great tool. Um, especially compared to other programs I have used in the past like Lecky, CCG or Octagon. But I realized it's time to shine is probably not when you just start out. Creating your game on Tabletop Simulator for the first time can take hours and um, updates can also take some hours if you have to update image files, create new decks and upload them uh, to an image hoster or a web service and then import it to the game again. 
I think even a very small change, like changing a 2 damage spell to a 3 damage spell, for example, can take up to 10 minutes. And when you first start prototyping, you will want to be iterating at a much faster pace. In fact, I even want to make modifications um, in the middle of, of the game. Um, Tabletop Simulator is a great tool, but it definitely cannot replace creating paper prototypes. Um, it just can't keep up with the speed of pen and paper. This is what I realized uh, during, during this week, and I think it was a mistake to implement um, my game on Tabletop Simulator just yet. Therefore, my goal, as previously mentioned, is now to create a new paper prototype first and then use Tabletop Simulator in the beginning of, of the next year maybe uh, to playtest with some friends that live a little bit farther away or to, to stream my, my playtesting on Twitch, for example. So my advice for you is don't use all these fancy digital tools in the earliest stage of your playtesting. Stick with your pen and paper instead um, while, while you create your first prototypes. And now for you, the main quest. Two weeks ago, I asked on my social media channels the somewhat generalized question, what are the best health systems? I wanted your input and experience to identify interesting concepts um, of implementing health in different ways. My goal was to research different games to understand the positive and negative aspects of complex health systems with hit zones, wounds, stress and compare them with the easier ones um, that only use hit points, for example. And boy, what you delivered was just incredible. There were about 100 replies on the different channels with game suggestions, discussions about interesting mechanics and a lot of ideas on how to track health loss in card games. What I did then was to analyze the answers, structure them and combine them with my own experience and um, other research results. Um, and as a result, I was able to create a very interesting spreadsheet with an overview of the different systems, the advantages and disadvantages and some exemplary games that use these, these systems. Today, I would like to discuss the different categories of health systems and describe their main differences using a few examples. Okay, now let's dive a little bit deeper and try to solve our main quest for today. So the fundamental question of health systems is how can we measure if a character is dead or defeated? We need some kind of mechanic to measure something like life total, hit points, stamina, constitution or exhaustion. In most combat-driven games we have hit points as a basic life-tracking element. However, character health does not always have to be measured using life points. Um, in card games in particular, a player's life can also be linked to the number of cards the player has in its hand or his library, for example. Gloomhaven and Magic come to mind as examples. There's also the possibility um, of distinguishing between physical and mental exhaustion, for example. Uh, Arkham Horror, the card game, has two different values that can be attacked by monsters independently. One for the physical and one for the mental exhaustion. 
Another interesting point of view was introduced by a user on Reddit, which I would like to quote here. In games, especially the older games, health systems uh, were traditionally a way of saying you can make this many mistakes before you die. This is because um, older games that introduced the concept of lives were often real-time skill-based games. I think on, of games like Super Mario, for example. The game, for example, asked you the question, can you jump over this abyss at the right time? If you can, go ahead. If you can't, you lose a life and can't try again. Um, and you can only fail that often before you have to start all over again. This concept describes good old skill-based console games like Super Mario, but it doesn't work to describe role-playing games or board games, for example, where it's often not about testing your own skill and responsiveness. Um, rather, the games are about controlling the possibilities of character behavior in the best possible way. So it is more about making tactical decisions. Um, These decisions are often not right or wrong, which is why the concept of using health as allowable mistakes uh, doesn't work so much here. Especially in turn-based games where getting hit at least a couple of times and not being able to act against it is more or less unavoidable. What I want to say here is that your health system should supplement the kind of game you are making. If you design a tactical combat game, where positioning and fighting are a big part of the game, then hit points is maybe an appropriate system. But if you design a horror-based investigation game, you maybe need two resources to represent physical and mental damage. If your game has a strong narrative component, you maybe want specific wounds that uh, specifically describe what happens to your character in more detail. But how can you find out what is the appropriate health system for your game? I would say we together have a look at the categorizations of health systems to understand their differences. And um, I will try to formulate some questions you could ask yourself when, when you think about a system for your game. Let's start with the most common health system, hit points. Hit points often represent things like fatigue, moral, skill and all the other things that keep you on your feet and fighting. Players and enemies typically have a single number of that represent their health and this value decreases as damage is applied. Hit points are often the main value that you need to preserve to, to keep on fighting. But once you hit zero, you are exhausted or you die. Um, And typically there is no difference between being at full hit points, half hit points or at one hit point. Games that use hit points uh, are manifold, but uh, from, for example Dungeons and Dragons use the system and Pathfinder as well. Advantages of the systems are that it is very simple, uh, hit points are very easy to track And it's quite easy to attach um, mechanics to hit points, for example, healing or resting or trap damage, for example. Disadvantages of the system are that um, injuries lose their flavor once they are applied. This means that there is absolutely no difference um, in healing a broken arm, for example, or a stab wound. Uh, it's just a value um, 
you have lost four hit points and you have to heal four hit points to, to regain your full health. There are also no consequences. Uh, what I mean by that is um, there is no difference if you are at full hit points or half hit points. Um, you, can, you have always the same combat and fighting strength. Another disadvantage of a hit point system is that it is limiting um, regarding the combat tactics. What I mean by this is that as long as injured opponents are as effective as unharmed opponents, it is usually the best tactic to focus individual opponents until they are dead. Enduring and weakening multiple opponents, for example, is not a real tactical option here. Therefore, one of the first questions you should ask yourself is, do I want my health system to support decreasing effectiveness? If so, you have a lot of options to do so. The first one, for example, uh, are wounds. Wounds are often used in RPGs and there are many different ways um, of implementing them. An easy implementation, for example, is that each hit causes a wound that decreases your effectiveness. And, and once you suffered a predefined amount of wounds, you die. Uh, this scenario is very similar to hit points because it also just counts a value. The only difference here is that each injury now causes a penalty and decreases your effectiveness. Uh, for example, Savage Worlds or Shadowrun use, use, use wounds. Another option to include decreasing effectiveness in your health system would be to do damage directly to your character stats. There are games that do not have a separate health track, for example, and all the damage reduces stat points of a character. Um, and the character has to use these stat points, for example, for all his um, combat resolutions or all the mechanics in the game. The system is quite similar to hit points, but uh, with penalty effects. Uh, a game that uses the system is Into the Odd. I don't know that game personally, but uh, it was mentioned by someone on Reddit. And I like the idea of replacing a health track with, with direct damage to, to your primary game elements. A third possibility to implement decreasing effectiveness are named conditions. Though you could have a finite list of separate conditions, for example, stunned, afraid, shaken, injured or dead. And each condition can have mechanically interesting effects, for example. Disarm means you can't attack or stunt means you can't move and so on. You could use these conditions, um, for example, in specific situations um, that match the flavor of your game. Uh, a player that tries to cross a hanging bridge uh, over a 200 meter deep abyss, um, for example, if he fails, he could easily die as a result. No hit points needed. Many games, uh, however, use conditions in addition to their normal health system to attach conditions to their attacks and spells. For example, you can have an attack in Gloomhaven that uh, deals two damage and stuns the opponent. These are just some examples of um, how you could implement decreasing effectiveness in your health system. The most um, examples we will talk about in the rest of this podcast will also have some kind of decreasing effectiveness. The second question you could ask yourself is, how many resources do I need? So, is it okay if I have hit points only or do I need something else? 
to measure the state of my characters and opponents. From my perspective, this depends on two factors. The first one is, do you need some kind of buffer before real consequences happen? Um, example would be that you have some kind of hit points and if you lose them, there is no consequence. But if all your hit points are used up, um, then you take wounds and they cause real consequences. The second reason why your game could need another resource um, is if your theme or your mechanics in your game requires you to add additional resources. But let's talk about the first option, uh, buffers. If you decided that you want to have a decreasing effectiveness mechanic in your health system, it may make sense to add a buffer before real consequences happen. Often games have two separate pools, one representing non-serious damage and the other pool representing really serious damage. You could use the combination of hit points and wounds. Um, the loss of hit points maybe does not have an effect, but once those are gone, uh, injuries produce specific, maybe randomly rolled wounds. And each wound uh, has a decreasing effect on your character. For example, 25% less damage or um, you lose one action or can't move or whatsoever. In other games, you have checkboxes for different wound ranks. For every wound, a checkbox is checked, and if all boxes of a specific rank are filled, you suffer the consequences. Games that use these methods are Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay uh, and Legend of the Five Rings. In addition to these buffer considerations, the theme of your game can also have an impact on the number of resources you need to create in your health system. Arkham Horror and most other Lovecraft games have two different and mostly independent pools for mental and physical damage because going mad is just a key factor of the world. And um, another question that is related to your theme um, is what kind of story do you want to tell with your health system? Do you want your combat scenarios to be unforgiving? then it probably makes sense to have a critical hit mechanic that creates long-lasting wounds that are difficult to recover from. This can increase the storytelling part of your game and foster emergent narrative, as we have discussed in our last episode. You could even think about adding quest-specific wounds or conditions to create rememberable drama in your scenario. There are also games that have some kind of narrative health track with a list of things that happened to a character as he got more injured. And these uh, predefined narrative health tracks are specific for each character. This can be great if you or your game is about telling a story about a specific character. Games that have been mentioned to use these narrative tracks are uh, Night Witches and Dark Ages, both of which I have never played. Another game that I would like to mention here is the Fate RPG that uses a system of stress and consequences. Um, one representing temporary damage and the other representing long-lasting consequences. In Fate, the difference is that consequences are not predefined but implemented as role-play elements. When you take a hit, you need to account for how um, that hit damages you. One way would be to absorb the damage with your stress and there is no direct con consequence from it. 
um, but you may also take one or more consequences to deal with the hit by uh, marking off one or more consequences slots on um, on your sheet. The interesting aspect here is that you choose as a player choose the um, consequence you take for your character that matches the current situation. So if you suffered um, a consequence from a sword hit, you probably not gonna take a mental stress consequence, for example. I really like the idea that um, you as a player decide what kind of consequence happens to your character. Um, in general, you should think about who is deciding which effect is going to happen. Will the effect be random? So draw a random wound from a deck of cards, for example, or will it be a predefined path for each specific character? Or will it be player chosen as it is in Fate? Or if there is a game master, it could also be chosen by the game master. Or it could be dependent on, uh, on the weapon or the enemy that caused the damage. Another aspect you have to think about is healing. Um, how do you want healing to work in your game? Healing hit points is quite easy, but it can be more complicated when you think about healing wounds or other conditions. One disadvantage of wound systems, for example, is that they create a kind of death spiral. The more damage you take, the weaker your character gets. And therefore you have to think about your healing system and how you can counteract this effect. And finally, the conclusion. Okay, so let me briefly summarize the main categories of health systems and the questions you can ask yourself. So the first one should be, do you want your monsters or players to stay fully operational when they get damaged? If not, you need some kind of system that reduces players' effectiveness. Um, do you need a buffer before negative conditions are applied? Then you maybe need two or more resources. And do you need different health aspects for your game? Maybe because of your flavor, mental versus physical damage, for example. Then you, again, probably need two resources. Do you want consequences that are somehow integrated in your story? Think about weaknesses that could create interesting, memorable stories. How do you want uh, your lost hit points, wounds or stress to be recovered? Can they all be healed easily or do you need specific spells or actions to cure them? Maybe some of them are even permanent. Um, and who is deciding which effect is going to happen? Is the effect random? Is it predefined? Is it player chosen or dependent on, on other aspects of your game, like the weapon or the enemy? And then there is probably the most important questions for all the board and card game designers out there. And it is a question we did not even talk about today. How can your health system be tied to other game mechanics and or other loose conditions of your game. This is where the real magic starts. Think about deck builders, for example, where every wound you suffer um, causes a useless card to be added to your deck. 
These wounds are clogging your deck and are reducing your chance of drawing the the right combination of cards to play combos, for example. And therefore they reduce the effectiveness of your whole deck. But this is the topic for next week's podcast episode where we will um, be talking about the second part of our health system series and learn how we can integrate the health system into our other game mechanics and how we can keep track of life loss and wounds in board games and especially in card games. And this brings us to the end of today's episode. Um, I started the episode by asking the question, uh, what is the best health system? The answer is, there is no best health system. Um, the best system is the one that supports your mechanics and fantasy well. And um, I think all of the systems we talked about today have their advantages and disadvantages. I hope with the questions I raised today, I was able to give you a little food for thought And um, with the basement from today's episode, we will next week be able to dedicate a lot of time to talk about card game specific questions. But before we finish the episode for today, I would like to point out two related projects that may be of interest for you. The first one is the Facebook group on strategy card games. If you are interested in collectible card games or living card games, um, you will find a community of like-minded people here. And it doesn't really matter if you design these kind of games yourself or if you only um, yeah, like to play them. Currently, for example, there is a lot of discussion about the, the new digital card game Artifact from Richard Garfield. You can find the Facebook page by searching for strategy card games or by just following the link in the show notes. I am a member myself and can recommend the group. The second project uh, is the podcast Cardcasters by Zach Phoenix, who is also the founder of the Facebook group we just talked about. Um, in his podcast, he interviews game developers of card games and deals with topics such as graphic design and layouting, for example, in the last episode. The biggest difference between our two podcasts are that he um, has an interview format and that his English is much better than mine. <laughs> uh, I subscribe to this podcast myself and I um, listened to all the episodes so far. Um, and from my perspective, I think it's worth it. You should give it a try. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Maybe I was able to create something yeah, helpful for you again. And if so, please leave me a review on iTunes or get in contact with me on nerdlikeaboss.com um, or on the NerdLab page on Facebook or you can also find me under the nickname NerdLikeaboss on Twitter. In this then, thank you for listening and until next week, keep shooting for the moon and nerd like a boss. This music was by MatthewPablo.com. If you are looking for music for your games, 
podcasts or videos, please go and check his website. I think his work is incredible and maybe you can find something for you as well.